Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Auburn Network Production. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. Who is this? Oh, yeah. Um, I think everybody's back, at least for for a little while. It's like a Thin Lizzy song, Bill. Uh, The boys are back in town. (laughs) Yes, indeed. And then the uh, the bus boys did something like that, too. Okay. Uh, But, yeah, welcome. Welcome in, everyone. Yeah, I, I uh, I was out of the country. I was not. I was not available for a little while. We went on our second... Uh, music cruise and uh, had a blast. Gee, it, it was a little chilly here from what I understand. I mean, I was completely, <laughs> let me tell you, uh, I, I I had the opportunity for like $29.99 a day to have internet and cell access. Not decided I'd pass on that. So only when we were in uh, St. Martin for a day or Puerto Rico, San Juan for a day, and you'd be in a place that would have Wi-Fi, would there be any way to have any access? So, I mean, I... Would you have preferred to be able to stay plugged into the Internet, or was it more relaxing it w- Well, not it, have... at times, okay. you want to know, have you missed anything big? Or when a ball game's going on, it's nice to be able to have some details. I did real. I did. I learn... imagine it would also be kind of nice, though, to, to not be... Oh, it's great not to be bothered yes, by yes. the over 1,000 emails that I ended up deleting <laughs> and about wearing my thumb off as we got back in port Saturday morning, back into Fort Lauderdale. Uh, but no, it was great. We didn't have any temperatures, I think, below 70. Uh, we were between 80 and 90 pretty much the entire week, so it was great. It was great. Music was great. Food, food is just too good. Um, and it, we had we had a perfect we had a perfect cabin. Our friend Ken is going on a cruise, right? Uh, not too you know not too long from now. It's not a music cruise. They're going on an Alaskan cruise, and he said, "Well, I hope you didn't have a cabin on deck eight. And I went, "Well, as a matter of fact, we did, and it was great for us because he said. The advice that he got was don't have a cabin on deck eight because that's going to be right below the pool and the noise is going to start at five o'clock in the morning when they're moving the chairs around and cleaning the pool and then there will be constant racket until about two in the morning. Did it seem like there was a constant well, no, ruckus? No. Okay. See, here's the difference. On the music cruise, with well, the music cruise, that back pool has been converted into a huge dance floor slash stage. And... They don't, you know, the music, the bands aren't going to play before. It's not going to bother you because you're well, going to be, you're going to be out there. Well, the, band, the, the bands floor. aren't going to start playing until noon, and they'll play till around one. So it actually one a.m. Be- so, so it's perfect. It is the best place to be on a music cruise. I have learned advantageous location because, because yeah, you're you are just a few steps away from the biggest stage, 
And deck nine is also where all the food is. So, I mean, you're a few steps away from all the food and entertainment. It's great. And it came in handy because one day I was really, really under the weather. And uh, we, we realized that was the only day we were really in the, uh, that I was really in the room much at all while music was playing and realized I could open the, uh, open the door which steps out to the balcony and it turned out that was like right under the stage. So it's like having music piped into the room. Um, so, so no, it was great. Uh, no, outstanding. I've, uh, I was also away uh, last week. I did not. Uh, I was. I wasn't as far away as Bill uh, for the most part. I, I took. I took the trip with Troy to Texas State and Louisiana. Those are two of my favorite cities in the Sun Belt. If you're ever in, so San Marcos is about halfway between Austin and San Antonio. Uh, neat little college town. A lot of great barbecue, which I think would be on brand for Texas. I had some outstanding brisket. It also has an In-N-Out Burger. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is you know which is as someone who lived in California for a while is uh, is right up my alley and then Lafayette Bill I, I would make you and and Tex proud there's a restaurant and I screwed this up on the Observer too it's either Fezos or Tezos I can't remember I think I it's, would think it's Fezos I think it's Fezos I, I think, think it's Fezos they have three locations in Lafayette and it's some of the best Cajun food I've I've ever come across in my life I had. A crawfish etouffee that was that was just outstanding. How's my pronunciation? That, that was oh, good. Okay, okay, that was good. Yeah, no, it, it was it was just, I mean, to a just everything about it was was right where it needed to be. Right, the perfect consistency. A ton of meat. Um, there there was a uh, uh, there was some fried alligator that got passed around there among other uh, Louise. I know you know some, somebody gave me a little bit of the, the gumbo they had going on there. So if you're ever in Lafayette, that that is a. Uh, that would be something that gets my my full stamp. And what's the? It's like fried bread that Louisiana, you know, the the special sort of like uh, uh, Louisiana. It's got a it's it's got a, a, a name too that that people would know. But it's the, the special kind of rolls that you can get in, in parts of a certain Louisiana restaurants. But everything about it just uh, that outstanding. I love the love the Lafayette trip. So we were gone, Brian. How was uh, how was how was uh, the loveliest village? It was cold. Very uh, that, that's what I heard. Yeah. Drip, hope everybody dripped those faucets. Yeah, hey, that that was probably the the biggest relief when we got home. Yeah, uh, I mean, I had left one outside, um, and thought I and and I think I had left one in the laundry room, which has the most exposed pipes. But when we got home, it wasn't dripping, and I thought, oh crap! Oh. But it was turned <laughs> off, so I don't know if if Scott had fed the dog and before he came and picked him up, took yeah. him over to his house, and. Checking everything, just realizing that oh, all the pipes are fine. That was that was a very comforting yeah. thought. So yeah, Brian held it down here in Auburn. That's Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. As yes, we're uh, we've got everybody here in the studio with Drew at the controls, and uh, yeah, there was a little going on. That was the most the most frustrating thing is not having any internet or cellular access for most of the time. I'd be able to like see a headline, yeah. and that's it. You can. I did discover you can you can Google and type in like headlines, and it'll pull up the headline. Like I I I Google Auburn football to see if I could see a headline about a coach. I mean that's how I found out about you know Derek Nix and Kent Austin and uh, Antonio Kite and I mean you know few few things right. like that. But it's really crazy when you're trying to Google and you Google Alabama football and it's just mass exodus <laughs> continues. And that's all I get. Yeah, and it's crazy. like, oh, man. And then you'd have to, like, start guessing. I'd type in a name and go, oh, wow, he did leave. Oh, he did. That was uh, – it was, it was a pretty, uh, pretty interesting week. 
it was it was warm around you know it was, it was cold around around here by by reports. Men's basketball's team is is staying anything staying but. Hot. Yeah. They are hot, 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 up to number eight in the uh, in the latest uh, AP polls, which came out today. Uh, Sixteen and two, the only unbeaten team yeah. in the SEC. How about that, that's uh, they're playing great basketball. Um, and I wrote about it a little bit today, but very unselfish team. Oh you know, yes. You look at the Ole Miss uh, game. That's the um, you know win over an AP uh, opponent for the first time. Well, is that the first or second time this season? I guess the. I think that's the first. I can't. Anyway, um, nobody played more than twenty-two minutes. Uh, Eleven players played ten minutes or more. That just says so much about this team. And um, I, I, they're, they're certainly not the most talented team. I'm not sure there's an NBA draft pick on the team right now. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, they certainly are playing as well as any team has played, especially at this time of year. But I think we have to keep um, in perspective that, um, you know, it's a long way to march, and this team must get better if it wants to compete come SEC tournament time and come NCAA tournament time. Yeah, I mean, bo- both things can be true. I mean, yes. This team is currently 0-2 against quad one opponents as far as who they've played so far this year. The, the two teams they've played that are in the that, that would qualify as quad one game. The two the two quad one games they've played this year are the two losses. Baylor on a neutral floor and App State on the road. App State is now, I believe, in the top seventy five. Wow. Which yeah. makes it which makes that That's a quad, quad one. Right? That makes it yeah. a quad one loss now. Um, Alabama will be, I believe, a yes. They will. Alabama's going to be a quad one game like that. That's that's yep. your and it's also kind of surprising that Arkansas has fallen out of the top yeah, seventy five. No but when you play the way they do, and by the way, don't count them out. Like they they could climb back in, and that could also they be still have good. plenty enough talent. Yeah, and they, I mean that's the thing. Basketball's a long enough season. But no, I mean Auburn, Auburn's got a game on, uh, on on Wednesday night against an Alabama team that that looks like it will be the most challenging game Auburn's played so far this year. True road game. Uh, against a team that, even though they have two conference losses, uh, looks like a you know the the numbers will tell you they're they're one of the top teams in all of college basketball. That game next month in Knoxville looms really large because those two teams are playing Auburn and, and Tennessee are playing as well as just about anybody in the conference right now. Tennessee just beat Alabama handily in that, Knoxville. That was Alabama's first conference loss. That was Alabama's first conference loss of the season, yeah. Alabama, I think I saw where they're rated as the top offense in the country, but they are, are not nearly as close to as good on defense. No, they're not. They're so. not. Uh, but that's gonna be, that is going to be quite the challenge uh, well. on Wednesday night in Tuscaloosa. That's a place where Auburn has, you know, Auburn's not had great, great times there. It's been a struggle scoring a lot of times, yeah, the thing that you feel good about is Auburn's tenacity defensively. Auburn, you know, Auburn's better defensively than Alabama is. But I mean, if Alabama gets hot, yeah, uh, that that you know that that could be very tough. I mean, so I, I think it's I think it's a great test for the Tigers if they roll 85, 90 points. They're they're going to be really difficult. Oh to beat. yeah, so no kidding. The defense has to travel. There for there are metrics that tell you Alabama is one of the best offenses in college basketball, if not the best offense in college. But I believe there are metrics that will tell you they're the best offense right. in college. Yeah, basketball. although those metrics would tell you they're they're not the best when it's when it's just conference games only. Right. I think right. Alabama's not in the top three. That's true, and. Some of that factors in that there was a stretch in December where Alabama played three teams that at the time were mm-hmm. in the top ten. That's changed a little bit since then, but that was still, I mean, Alabama has, like, what, one thing you can say about Wednesday night's game is that Alabama is most likely the best team Auburn has seen thus far this year. 
It's either Alabama or Baylor. Yeah, and and where they're playing them will make that, and, I and think, that will as be, big yes. a challenge and as they've had all and year. I mean, Auburn, Auburn might be the best team Alabama's seen all season. Maybe. They might be. Maybe. But Alabama's got Alabama's played some other teams that are also very, very good. Alabama played Arizona, played Purdue, just saw Tennessee, They're, you know, the, which, I mean, I, I think any of those would be legitimate you know, votes for, especially, you know, when those teams are playing at their best. Like, I, I can get why. But, but no, I think the Wednesday night's going to be a really interesting show. Now, I want to see how Alabama protects the rim mm-hmm. against an Auburn team that has been scoring. I mean, Ole Miss led the nation in block shots per game going into going into Saturday. And Auburn was scoring at will. Justin Ferguson had a tweet that got shared by Auburn on Instagram talking about Dylan Cardwell and and what do you think he said it seems like Dylan Cardwell's playing Nerf basketball right now with the way he's able to score. I mean it's uh it is I mean Brian what's I mean this this Auburn team and I think they're going to have to against against the best competition, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they can get to the basket as often, if they're going to need to rely more on their three-point shooting, you know, what changes. But between Janai and Jalen and Dylan, like, it's it's a really tough matchup for just about anybody right now in the front court. Yeah, Jalen is playing his best, best basketball his career by far to me. Mm-hmm. He's so much more aggressive. He's a matchup problem for opposing teams because he will knock down a three. He can drive and destroy people at the rim. <laughs> he can be a nuisance uh, on the glass. And he is really great when he gets the ball um, against the zone right there in the middle. Um, can really do a lot of different things with his passing and his shooting. Uh, I, I just I think for Auburn to continue to excel, they have got to continue to view themselves and play like they're the underdogs. Because when you look at other teams around the country and in the conference – Kentucky has plenty more talent than Auburn does. I mean, go watch Kentucky play. They've got a bunch of NBA guys. Tennessee does. Alabama, um, I think they've got a couple NBA guys. Auburn's strength is the way they play and their depth and, you know, how they play together, their unselfishness. They have to keep that going, and they have to keep building on it, and they've got to bring some other players along. We're seeing si- signs of uh, Cheney Johnson starting to make some more plays. Mm-hmm. That's got to keep happening. Uh Chad Baker-Mazzara has shown that he can come off the bench and take over a game. That's, that's got to keep happening, you know. Uh, Leo Berman played the best game of his career, I think, against um, Ole Miss in that win, you know. So th- they need everybody to be able to do those things. And when a guy has a rough night, uh, other guys need to step up. And, and then I think the point guard position remains really, really important for Auburn. You know, th- those guys are not turning the ball over. They're getting a lot of assists. That needs to continue as the competition gets tougher. The, the evident closeness of this team, the way these guys you know, root for each other, the way the starters are engaged even when the bench is on the floor, and the environment at Neville Arena, like it, it does remind me of, and, and you got to be careful because this team was so great, but I, I made the comparison on the Observer podcast. Like I got to go to one of the games during the Joakim Noah Al Horford, Florida Gators run with Billy Donovan 20 years ago. And that team won two national championships, so you got to be careful. But that was the sort of friend. And Bruce Pearl coached against those teams when he was at Tennessee. And, I mean, it, when, when it was a perfect storm, it, it could feel insurmountable, especially at home, you know, to beat those teams. Was that that was the O'Connell? That, that was, you know, back, back, when, back in those days at, at, at Florida? I mean, that was so, – so they, they – 
I mean, Auburn's building something. Feels like they're building something really special this season, yeah. and it's not. It's not just the way the team's playing on the floor. It's. It's a lot of you know how they're you know how how they've you know it's it's a uh, it, it it really is it really is something to see. Yeah, and um, we got to remember the Final Four team in 2019 lost three games in January. They lost, I think it was eight games during the regular season, if not mistaken. Uh, before they went on that incredible run, um, you know, in March, in, end of February. So um, right now it's just still January. Auburn plays three of his next four games on the road, you know? Yeah, they, they play four or five quad one games in the next six games. Yep. Uh, look, they're not going to go unbeaten. I mean, maybe they will. They can, but, I mean, I, I don't expect that. And you're going to have some you're going to have some tough times. There's a long way to go, though. And they're, I don't think they're playing – the best they can play right now, they're playing darn well. Yeah, but I think they can be better. They can be a little better offensively. If this than team they wins, have. if this team wins Wednesday night, every game on the schedule is winnable. Sure, it is. I think if you win Wednesday night, like there is not I, because I don't know if you're going to face a challenge quite like. Do they still do now? What's okay? Here's a question: What's protocol on Iron Bowl basketball? Wednesday night when there's been a coaching change. It doesn't matter. The, tro- the trophy's still going to be. You think Saban's there? Yeah. The- uh, yeah, he probably is. See, I was, well, that, he's probably there. Well, that that might you know that might add to the. To, I mean, if he's still the, got an office there, sure. Why? Why don't just wander I think, over for I the, would think uh, he might pop in halftime. Yeah. So, so I, I think you're going to face a you know a unique atmosphere on top of the fact that Bama doesn't want to lose two in a row after getting mm-hmm. drummed by Tennessee on Saturday. So, I, yeah, I think if this team can win on the road Wednesday night. Um, you know everything, especially as long as they stay healthy and, and everybody's available. Like a, a lot, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the big dreams, you know, are still are, are still really attainable. All right, uh, we're just underway here on the Monday edition of the Drive. Bill, Dan, Brian, Matthews, Drew at the controls. Love for you to join in. You can call us on the Drive hotline. Uh, which is sponsored by Skybar, 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840. The Drive Text Box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. So, uh, love for you to join in as we continue just underway here on the Monday Drive. It's time to stop dealing and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. 23 minutes after 4 o'clock here on this Monday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. And Drew at the controls. Love for you to join in. All right, Brian, sort of uh, uh, start catching me up on, I mean, I've, I've seen the, saw the headlines Seen some of the things. Auburn still with a spot on its coaching staff football-wise. I really thought that by the time we got back from uh, from our cruise that the football staff would be completed. And I think a lot of other people felt like, well, we'll see after this weekend's NFL playoffs uh, if, if Auburn goes ahead and when the Texans lose, that's like, okay, well, then Chris Kiffin, who'd been talked about, should be available. But still, as of airtime today, no defensive coordinator. And I do think Chris Kiffin remains a candidate for Auburn's job. Uh, I, I think um, several of the candidates are also that Auburn's looking at are also being pursued by other schools or right. other teams. Sure, and that's and that's so not a, a that's not a bad thing. That's mm-hmm. a good thing. So there is a fluid process going on. As long as you get there. one, 
right? Uh, I think DJ Durkin is obviously a um, candidate there. Is is he? Is there anything that is left from his contract at Texas A and M that would have to be worked out? I do not. He was not retained right. by Mike Elko, but I wonder if there is a the caveat of. But if he gets a job somewhere, you know that kind of thing. I, I wonder if there's something because he had a he had a pretty uh, pretty decent salary from A and M. He did. Well, of course, A and M was paying everybody. Sure, a lot they of were. Money. But I, I yeah, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I think that Zach Garnett is still a candidate, but I've not really heard his name mentioned um, highly recently. Uh huh. But I I could be wrong. I just there. know that everything I've read since we got back uh, has either been. Chris Kiffin, DJ Durkin. I was I was sort of out of the loop last week, and I didn't see the Kane Womack news until fairly late in the game. How about well, I haven't seen it? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Kane Womack was hired as Alabama's defensive coordinator. Oh, I did not see South that. Alabama. No, see, I'm telling you, trying to keep up, trying to keep up with headlines. South Alabama head coach Kane Womack has left his job to be Kalen DeBoer's defensive coordinator. Oh, okay, I did not at, see at that. Alabama. And wow. Major Applewhite is the new head coach at South Alabama. Having got, he was, I wondered why there was a headline about Major Applewhite. But he, I, I thought, he oh, was he's in, just in town. He was introduced <laughs> at a South Alabama basketball wow. game as the new head coach. That's seeing Major Applewhite being introduced as the head coach was how I found out that Kane Womack. I go, wait, what happened to Kane Womack? He's the defensive coordinator at Alabama. Wow, I, I had not. I, seen I imagine that. that's that's him thinking that as good as he was doing at the Group of Five level, and he remember. South Alabama went to Oklahoma State last year and pounded the uh, a team that that won quite a few Big Twelve games. Uh, he's thinking you couple that with some coordinator experience at a place like Alabama, and you can strengthen what kind of head coaching job he could get when he when he becomes mm-hmm. a head coach again. Or maybe he misses being a coordinator, and the thought of being a coordinator at a superpower is is alluring to him. But I thought that was an off the board move by Kalen DeBoer, and he, he goes and nabs South Alabama's head coach. Well, he's uh, got some there, – there's somebody – I have not seen – I have really not seen who you're, all is you're on reacting, the staff. Yeah, you're reacting no, to No, no, I mean, right I have now. no idea who is on who is on the staff. I, I mean, got back – we – I mean, yesterday was like just sort of get stuff back out, make sure everything isn't frozen, and today was in the office all day. I No, I have not that's seen – That's a pretty sharp move there by Kellen DeBoer, I thought. Uh, well, go. it's somebody who has a clue as to what's going on in the state of Alabama. If you're worried – yeah, if you're, wor- if you're worried about, you know, the uh, – the you know, have, having to uh, to ingratiate yourself to the region, you know, hiring someone who's been recruiting the way Kellen DeBoer has, and because and, that team is so – if you look at that roster, that team is so local. Like, South Alabama is a team full of – in-state players like Kalen, Kane Womack has been recruiting the region very, very hard for for a while, and yeah, I think adding that to adding that to Alabama staff as defensive coordinator was a was a sharp move there. And uh, so, Brian, what do you think of the of, of the the move to add uh, to add Knicks to the Auburn staff? And, yeah, I wanted and to get promote, your thoughts on that. Ken and Ken Austin to quarterback uh, coach. I think it's a great move. It makes a lot of sense for the offense. You're getting uh, Derek Nixon, who is a I mean, a five-star recruiter and person and coach, right, that has a great relationship uh, with Freeze. So Freeze is getting a guy that he can trust, that he believes in, he knows can do the job, and um, you're getting a guy in the coordinator position that now can recruit as good as anybody in the country. So I think that's a big boost there. 
Um, Ken Austin is another guy he trusts uh, to coach quarterbacks and will do a great job. And I think. Oh, and it completely understands what Hugh Freeze wants to do right. and, and won't be a problem with, oh, he was thinking one thing and then yeah. Freeze is thinking something else. I think all three of those guys will work together, putting together offensive game plans. And I, I still expect uh, Hugh Freeze to be uh, the primary play call, despite what the Ole Miss Athletic Department decided to tweet out. <laughs> On the, on the official. I don't know if you saw that. No, I didn't. Oh, instead, uh, it was really petty uh, what they did uh, before Auburn announced um, Derek Nix. Uh, they put out a tweet congratulating Derek Nix on taking the job and taking a um, promotion to offensive coordinator and as the primary play caller, something to that effect. Was there? Was the well, Ole there. Miss did that? Like, like it's Ole Miss's business. Who's calling yeah. plays? Right. So it's just petty. Well, petty I mean, Lane's Lane. You know. I know. I know. That's the, yeah. Just, okay. No, I did not see yeah. that. Um, so I, I think great moves uh, on that side of the ball. I, I think this offense is going to look a lot better with those guys in charge. I think there's going to be a lot less um, issues with I didn't like the game plan or I didn't call this player that play. I think it's going to be a little bit more streamlined. It needs to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm curious. I mean, Derek Nix has experience coaching receivers, coaching running backs. He's going to be the running backs coach, but also the offense coordinator. You wonder how involved he'll be in the development of the passing game. There's a stat from his bio that really impressed me. And again, you don't want to you don't want to give too much credit to a position coach alone on this. But uh, at Ole Miss uh, this past season, Ole Miss was the only the only uh, SEC team uh, with three 700 yard receivers this past year. And as a unit, they had 11 games where someone had 100 yards receiving. There were 11 100-yard reception or 100 100-yard receiving 100 receiving yard performances by Ole Miss players hmm. this season. Qu- quickly, Bill, Auburn this past year, 100-yard receivers. Ah, uh, quickly, I would say zero. Zero is correct. Yes. Uh, I believe Auburn's last uh, Auburn's last game where a player had 100 plus receiving yards was VAR in the opener in 2022 against Mercer. So it's been a while. Since Auburn's had uh, you know a player you know at, at the at, at that position uh, ex- explode uh, off the uh, off the box score uh, in a single game, Ole Miss had that quite a bit last year. And Auburn adding someone who played a role in Ole Miss's offense being as explosive as it was in uh, in in Derrick Nix. The other thing we should talk about is is the transfer portal. You know, yeah, just when I, you think it's kind of over, right? Yeah, that, it just blows up again. And and I'll tell you what, let's get to our bottom of the hour break. We'll do that when we come back. Yes. Well, when you make when there are coaching changes at major schools, <laughs> uh hello portal. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> we'll be back. Hey, we'd love for you to join in. 334-321-1390 here on the Monday Drive. I don't know this Email us at the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Monday afternoon, 25 minutes away from 5 o'clock. Bill, Dan, and uh, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. Yeah, we're about to uh, mention the transfer portal, which uh, got. I mean, it has had huge additions over the last week or so. Since Nick Saban announced his retirement at Alabama, Alabama's had right at 30 players into the transfer portal. One uh, has has headed over here to Auburn. 
Yeah, and I think really the last three pickups that Auburn's made have been the best three. Uh, very needed. Well, yep. the, the first of the three was Percy Lewis, right? Yep, big left tackle. Uh, it, it helps in two ways. Number one, he steps in at left tackle. He's got SEC starting experience there. He's a, he looks like a left tackle. He's, mm-hmm. you know, every bit of six six or bigger uh, with those long arms and got some thickness to him too. Uh, and that allows Dylan Wade to move over to guard, uh, which I think makes Auburn's um, – Offensive line, better, definitely better. And then you're getting a potential starter at uh, cornerback in Antonio Kite from Alabama. I think that's a big pickup. Auburn uh, needs more depth at the very least in that uh, secondary, and uh, certainly Kite is going to compete right away, although that's going to be a great competition. Yeah, no kidding. A lot, got, of young, lot of young, talented guys. You got Keontae, who, who wants to move to corner, right? Nickel. You got. Um, you got Kyan uh, Lee, you got Rim. JD Rim. Right. You got the guys uh, coming in. Then the in. guys that, that uh, we heard about Tyler Scott and Colton Hood. Colton yep. Hood and JC Hart. Yep. I mean, it's going to be some there good There are a lot of young, young, yeah. good, talented players. And then safety. I, I think Jaron Thompson's probably a starter right away, to be honest with I you. I would think so. Uh, he was really good at Texas this past year. Um, he's got a ton of uh, big time starting experience. Uh, he's a playmaker back there. Uh, and then you're looking at a position where you lost uh, both starters. So him, uh, Laquan Robinson, the um, Juco signee is already enrolled mm-hmm. too. So that's two guys you think have a good chance to maybe compete right away. And then you got Caleb Wooden come back with um, – I'm a Terrence Love guy. Too. Uh, a I lot think of, that's, that's, then, a, that's a breakthrough guy potentially. I, I don't know that everybody knows this, but Terrence Love played in every game this, this I know. past fall. I, I think Terrence Love is somebody that I would watch for that other safety spot. He was a starter on special teams, and I, I know he got in there in the backfield. I don't know how many snaps he had on a defensive bat, but he got in there. So he's one to watch too. Yeah, who's, who's, your, who, who's your starting – slot corner right now, Bill. What are you looking at? Like the store? You mean like Nickel? With, yeah, like what, what do you have? I mean, with, 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 uh, with Keontae outside. It has to be I, Champ Anthony if Keontae I, is, I had either I have, Champ or J.D. who yeah. has played either one. Too. I could is see Lee, them moving the one other, of those guys. Yeah, the other I just outside? figured yeah. you've got you've, you've got almost an excess of talented guys at corner that yeah. one of those guys ends up being a Nickel. Right. Between, Lee, between Lee and uh, Anthony, one of them is the other outside corner and one of them is Nickel? You think, yeah, I would think so. With the assumption that Keontae is a... Well, uh, uh, before Antonio Kite comes in, too. Before Antonio you, Kite comes him. in, the Shanks and guy. That's, yeah. that's, that's, yeah, well, that's, that's a decent top I four. I like that. Especially yeah. especially with Keontae. Um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see how Keontae takes to uh, to the to the role outside. But, I mean, if you trust anybody to be able to – I mean, he doesn't seem like he's lacking anything physically to be an effective outside corner. And, yeah, I think the combination of him and uh, and, and Kite could be, could be something really great. Yeah. Yeah, so um, you wonder then what would happen if I mean between Anthony and Rim and Lee, if one of them is on the outside of playing time with the transfer portal opening back up in May, like that would be I think something to watch for just potentially. It, it, it would. I mean, it just it's going to be interesting to see how things go in the secondary, how much rotation you want to get. Yeah. Because if you can, if you're you in the can, top five or six there, you're playing a lot. I, of I was going to say because right? if if you're the number three guy at corner. You're probably going to play as many snaps as the starters because you're giving right. each of those guys rest and things and like fun. that. And you can also look at basketball. You can you can get Bruce to come in and and explain <laughs> how things have gone yeah. for this basketball team. Well, no, that's and that's five guys we just named between uh, between Scott, Kite, Rim, Anthony, and Lee. Like that that could be five corners yeah. that get a lot of play. I mean, and I guess there could be other guys. Yeah, I, in I there, think but. I think one or two of those guys probably end up being. 
nickels. Yeah. So sure. you got that's, so that's, you got three position, five guys, five guys for three spots for three spots, which is not ridiculous. No, not at, at all. all. And, and it's five guys who won't be getting their first taste of college football right. playing time. Rim, I guess, would be the biggest question mark because he spent so much of last season on the outside looking in. But Hugh Freeze talks about him like he's still in the plans. So yeah, that that's uh, uh yeah, kite, kite's an interesting uh, addition there to uh, to a secondary that yeah was gonna. Going to lose a lot of experience from last year's team. Auburn signed a bunch of DBs in the last two classes. I think it's around 13 total. So I think next year this time or after next season, as younger guys maybe beat out a guy a little bit older than them, then you'll see some, some more transfers. But I don't expect the secondary to take a hit this spring. Maybe a small, maybe a small one here or there that you're not expecting, but I'm, I'm not seeing it until maybe next year probably there. Yeah, so I mean I- – but I agree with you with what you're saying. These last few picks up pickups have really got the roster in, yeah. in pretty good shape heading into spring. Still, would like to see a defensive tackle that can come in and start. Oh yes, right, a guy that could be a difference maker. Maybe that guy doesn't exist. I don't know. We'll see. And then maybe another pass rusher. You know, a pickup that we talked about when it happened, but it sort of got washed away amid all the news of the last couple of months with the transfer portal. I'm interested in Sam Jackson, the the, the Cal quarterback. Mm-hmm. Coming, you know, moving to moving to receiver. I remember thinking he looked so explosive on some of those plays the first week of the season for Cal, and even even a couple of uh, a couple of the runs he had against Auburn. Yeah. Uh, he looks like someone who uh, was maybe miscast as a college football quarterback and could be a very dangerous uh, receiver uh, coming in and, and reuniting with Peyton Thorne, his former high school teammate. And I think w- when you've signed such a great high school class and you're still trying to sign one more five-star in that class getting a guy like Sam Jackson is perfect because you know he hasn't played quarter he hasn't played wide receiver since a sophomore in high school so he's not necessarily you don't look at him as a threat but you also see his potential to be a a really good player maybe we'll see Al Bohr just told us one time I remember this because it stuck with me that converted quarterbacks he was talking about Courtney Taylor and he's like receivers who played a lot of quarterback have an extra spider sense for getting open Cody Burns had a little bit of it too when he wasn't the most overwhelming mm-hmm. physical wide receiver in the SEC, but he found little holes in the defense and new yep. little tricks to, to help his quarterbacks out. And and there's uh, and Courtney Taylor had some of that too. So I'm curious to see uh, what uh, what Sam Jackson, after playing quarterback in the Pac-12, coming back to wide receiver, what he brings to the Auburn offense. Yeah, I am too. Uh, and, you know, you've got guys like Cam Coleman and Bryce Kane already enrolled. Mm-hmm. So that room's already got a big upgrade. And then you got Robert Lewis too, another transfer in. So that's – Four new faces in you know in school already and going through spring practice winter workouts. Brian, got to get your thoughts. I mean, because I it's still I haven't been able to just completely look at the entire list of players that have that have exited Tuscaloosa. I mean, it it has been unbelievable the number of players. I mean, a lot of folks go well, you know that this uh, uh, that this shows that you shouldn't go to a shouldn't go to a school for the coach. Well, that's the way it is. Yeah. And and obviously, I mean, when when you lose who's, more than a wait, third of your roster, who's saying that? Who, who, oh, what? people that people that are fans of of, of the uh, of the team that's losing players. Oh, yeah. okay. I was gonna say, well, you know, because if if, Georgia, if, they, if they hadn't gone to the school for the coach, they wouldn't have been there in the first if place. Georgia people are saying that. Let's see the Falcons hire uh, uh, Kirby, <laughs> and then let's see what happens to that Georgia roster if that happens, right? Like, yeah. Let's, let's see. We'll see what happens to Michigan. If Jim Harbaugh gets uh, oh, you know right. gets an NFL job and they make the wrong move, uh, you know promoting uh, it sounds like they're going to promote from within, which might hold some things together, right. but we'll we'll see. Uh, but no, it is uh, uh, th- this is a sign of what can happen uh, on on a program that was so so clearly 
identified with one coach. Well, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts on this, but, you know, Alabama just went through a period having the best coach of all time in college football. So cry me a river, you know? I mean, you, you just had a great run. Congratulations, you know, sometimes. Yeah, the greatest yeah. run that right. ever. But you right. can't fix the – look, you can't fix the schedule to make it to where teams that go in the playoff – like, if you want to – if you want to crown a national champion before you open the portal to anybody, then you would need to crown a national champion by Christmas. And which I don't think, that, which no. I don't think is a practical thing. Because the otherwise, you're going to have this problem where, yeah, the semester's already started. Yep. And if there's a coaching change after the championship game, that new coach is going to have a tough situation on his hands because he's not going to be able to bring in the same caliber of talent yep. that would have been available back in December. But there's no way around that unless you move everything way up. You start the season in what, August? And you and you crown a national champion by Christmas Day, and then and then open the portal so so that everybody can be Which ready. TV for, will absolutely not agree to. So that's abso- not going to absolutely. Happen. Yeah, I mean the other. Otherwise, this is something that this is something you run the risk if you have a late if you have a coaching change late in the game, you could really be scrambling to to salvage your roster. It's just going to be the way yeah, it is. It is the way it is, and you know the courts are deciding that that we're moving toward unlimited transfers anyway, or something close to it. And you know, I know I know that there's still. Uh, you know, there's still efforts to, to get some laws passed in Congress, but, you know, I'm not sure exactly what that would look at. But I just don't see any way to solve this issue, and I'm not sure it's that big of an issue that needs to be solved. I mean, you know, if your program's good enough to compete for a national championship and be a semifinalist or, or win it, you know, and your coach leaves, I mean – Sorry, but you know, maybe some t- maybe a tough year or two for you. Right? Yeah, but uh, congratulations on yeah. getting there. At least you yeah. at least you got there. Now you may have it's to first, uh, and you, you, you hired, compete with everybody else for a while. You hired a coach from a national championship. You know that, that took his team to the national championship. It's not like you 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 took some scrub, right? I mean, you got the guy you wanted. It's a apparently. first first world problem. Yeah. I guess would be what as, as some folks call. It. And, and if you and if you hire the right guy, some folks would tell you that. When the second transfer portal opens up in May, he'll be able to replenish some of what he lost, and and you know stop the bleeding. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good good luck finding yeah. the quality of players that are out there, because it, th- there aren't players as good as the ones that left that'll be out there. My, they can numbers wise, they can replace yeah. some. My my curiosity with that would be that in a year where. If if Michigan and Washington and Alabama have coaching changes really late in the game, will that impact what kind of player goes into the portal in May? If if the buyers in the portal are schools like Michigan and Alabama and Washington, well, and they have right. and they it, have I part just, part of I it wonder, depends yeah. how many how many want to play for Kalen DeBoer as as compared to the ones that wanted to play for Nick. And it's Saban. still it's still not going to be the numbers of quality, right? No. It's, it's just no way it can be the numbers. I mean, they, they can they can make up some, but again, boy, you're talking about trying to add that after after spring and hope that by the fall you've got some kind of chemistry on the team. I mean, that is it is a crazy situation, but uh, I think I think most most schools and I think most fan bases would say, "All right, I'll settle for that. Give me 17 years, like Alabama just had." <laughs> yeah. Every single school in the country would take. You know that. If that's, like you know that. that. If that's, Give me ten yeah. years of that. If that's the tax, right. yeah, you'll you'll pay it. If that's the well, half, a third of the roster's gone. <laughs> you know, if that's the, if that's the championship, the, tax, half of my yeah. five stars are gone. 
It does. It does uh, provide an early challenge for Kalen DeBoer. Oh, no really doubt does. about I mean, it. That, that, and he's yeah. got to he's got to find a way to navigate it because new coaches only get so much patience, no matter what situation. Yep. Less than it used to be. And it's less than it used to be. And uh, you know, it, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, Nick Nick Saban had. He, when was the last time Nick Saban went nine and three? Right, like even even nine and three. Last it, time he went nine and three was. Uh, you got to go back to what was it? The first, the, the, the fewer than uh, he won fewer than wins, nine. He won sixteen years in a row, right? Sixteen straight years. Yeah, he it was the first wins. year. So yeah. yeah, so the closest he he won more than nine every they year. They went ten and four. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's Ooh, tough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just <laughs> you just want you wonder how tough any, times. You wonder how you wonder how any regression will be uh, will be received uh, over well, there. I mean. You know, some some people can use some humbling sometimes, right? Oh you know, yeah, it's, it's good for them. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Let's get to the phone. And James is up first. Hey James. Hey James. Hey guys. Sorry, it's been a while since I've been able to call. I was going to call right before they announced the Alabama coaching thing. Because I had a buddy of mine from Northport. Uh, he's a son of a prominent booster, and I won't say his name because I don't want to rat him out, but. Uh, he says they're in real trouble up there because now you hit, before you had five factions when they hired Saban, you had the piece. Now you got seven. So he says they, they've splintered and they all want their say now, including Saban. So, and that's one of the new factions. He wants that say. So I don't know. I feel bad for Kalen DeBoer. I, th- I think he's getting himself in a real mess, but uh didn't happen to a better team. I promise you that. So. But um, it's just been interesting, that's for sure. You know, so. But I was going to and I would guys, be, I wouldn't be, I would be careful to go. You know what I mean? Don't be premature in in, pro, in proclaiming the Kalen right. DeBoer experiment a failure. Because, oh, I agree with that. You know, this is still there's still there's still quite a few resources at his disposal and uh, and and some talent that he's inheriting that that did yeah. stick around uh, on that on that yeah. team. I, I do. I was going to ask y'all one thing though, and I don't know, Brian, if you know this. How how much money did they owe Saban on his contract when he decided to retire? Because I know he doesn't have a buyout clause, and the university has to fulfill that contract. Is there a certain number of days, or they've have, have they announced how they were going to fix that or settle that with him? They have not announced it. I'm sure that there were, that that they they worked out something where it's not going to be the full amount that was owed to him since he's retiring, and he's going to keep an office there uh, in the football complex. I I really have the you know just from just from what I've heard, um, Nick Saban's going to do what he can to try to help Alabama, and he's not going to try to bleed them for too much. But uh, he'll be he'll be uh, more than fairly compensated. I can assure you. I was just wondering about that because I was wondering how that was going to affect them able to raise money for NIL if the if they're having to go ask the boosters to help pay for savings. Yeah, contract no, I, no, I don't think I don't think they're going to have to. Do, yeah, I don't think they're yeah. going to have to do that. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'd sort of expect Nick to uh, continue trying to uh, urge folks to chip in. Yeah. Hey, uh, Bill, I heard you on the on the. A show earlier in Montgomery with uh-huh. uh, Doug about the basketball. I don't know. I'm not really worried about this game other than maybe some home cooking with the refs and maybe Nate Oates losing his temper and putting his hands on somebody again. But I'm not, 
I don't know. I just I, I'm not impressed with Alabama's basketball team. Uh, maybe I'm a fool, but I, I just I don't know. I'm just not impressed with them. So. Well, any 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 road trip in the SEC has the has the possibility yeah. of being tough, yeah. and this is just a place where Auburn hadn't shot it well a lot of times in the past. Right. So they, I, they, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked well. at all. Yeah. Okay. All righty, guys. I will catch y'all on the flip side. I appreciate y'all letting me call in, talk for a little bit. Good hearing from you, James. Yeah. We'll get to our final break of hour number one. Love for you to join in, 334-321-1390, as we continue with the drive. Also want to mention the podcast presented by our oh, friends yeah. at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Oh, and you know what? Thanks to Jacob and Jack and, of course, uh, the defensive line coach of the drive, Don Dunn, for, oh, helping, out, for helping out last week and, uh, and keeping the show on the air when, when we were uh, we were gone for, for a couple of days. But podcasts of The Drive available. However you listen to podcasts, go to your favorite podcasting platform, uh, search for The Drive with Bill Cameron, or go to ESPNAU.com and use the Podcast Center. ESPNAU.com is also where you can listen to the show live if you're not in the ESPN 106.7 listening area. And uh, the podcasts are presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. We're right back with more of The Monday Drive. Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in, hour number two of the Monday Drive. Hope everybody doing well on a, a warmer day, I understand. Here in the in the Auburn area, I mean, uh, it hasn't been below freezing since since early this morning, and now I look at the forecast, and it's going to be in the seventies for a few days. How about that, some yeah. rain, some rain coming, right? Yeah, but I mean, not it doesn't look like anything terrible. It's like uh, somewhere between forty and sixty percent chance of rain for a few days. That's all right. Uh, I mean, just just after the frigid cold that there has been here recently. I've been I've been down in the tropics, so it's been fine. You know, no no problems with uh, with cold or anything. Where where did the where did the boat go? Yeah, you, you... Uh, I went to a Saint Martin okay. and San Juan. Oh, San Juan! Have you been? To, have you ever been to Puerto Rico before? Uh, no, and I don't. And, and uh, this is not the way I wanted to go. I was not feeling well the day we were oh, in San man. Juan. I mean, uh, my my visit to San Juan was quickly. Off the ship into Walgreens and then back. I know that was that was my that was my visit to San Juan. I know some people who went to San Juan as part of a cruise and really enjoyed their like day two days in uh, in San Juan, Puerto Rico. So that's uh the, yeah, it was, it was good. yeah. The ship was there bad. for ship was there for one day. I was down pretty much that day. You uh, were Saint, below Saint, deck. Saint Martin. Saint Martin was cool. Um, the the day before. Um, so yeah, that's it. Was basically. You're on the ship. You're you're on the seas for for two days. You're in uh, in port for a couple of days, and you're back on the seas coming back. Is the way it was. But I mean, when it's when it's nothing but constant uh, music and uh, you know entertainment and 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 goodness at the the food and people complaining because the the full. Uh, dining area wasn't available twenty four seven. It's like, come on, how, you you can hardly. How can you stuff you, any more? Are you? Uh, would you? Would you consider another cruise? Oh or sure. Thinking, okay, yeah. And, and I like this. I, I would like this more than just 
just cruising to some place because sure. it's great being entertained while you're going. But I would just say, I mean, there were some people that, um, uh, and look, they're, they're not cheap uh, by any means. It's not the, but I mean, you think of everything you're getting for the money, it's it's worth it. I mean, to to have, uh, you know, you, you've, You've got your transportation to tropical islands. You've got entertainment. You have food. You have, I mean, somebody's cleaning up after you At all the point. time. I mean, it's, 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 it's worth it. But there were some people that I think felt like, well, look, I spent $5,000 or whatever. Uh, I deserve to be treated more specially than this other person here in line. The last day, or next to the last day, um, we're coming along, and, and at this time— Prime rib is one of the options there um, on the buffet. I mean, they've got and they've got you know all the folks back behind that are that are always you know serving. Uh, I, offering. Do love, I do love I do love prime rib on the buffet. Oh, right, that's one. Of the well, best. let me tell you that this this well, older omelet, older older too. gentleman and I'm calling him an older gentleman because I guarantee you he oh, was boy. he was a little older than <laughs> oh, I uh, was not happy when he got up and said I want a I want a Man-sized slice of prime rib is what he said, <laughs> not the accent that he used, and the, and so the the person carving gave him a piece at least a half an inch thick, and he took it and he just dropped it well, and said, "I wanted a real piece of meat. Wow. It needs to be at least twice that big." And I'm thinking, you're 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 insulting everybody. Ugh. The guy ended up getting a piece that was more than an inch thick. A pro- I mean, it was like it looked like one of the cartoon things, like when you throw the dog a steak. Oh, man. I mean, because it like covered his whole plate. And, gave, and I, I, I wondered if the guy ate it, or I was sort of hoping he'd choke on it. But I mean, you know, come on, just drop it. it just drop it to the floor for somebody to run up and clean up a piece of yeah. a, a piece of prime rib that would have cost somebody, you know. Quite a penny my, if, my, you'd, if you'd ordered that somewhere. My my, my sympathies to like the carving God. station folks and other. My, yeah. I heard a story. You know, so my uh, uh, this this weekend was the one year anniversary of my grandfather uh, passing away last year, and uh, mm-hmm. and my my dad and his brothers organized a Zoom call uh, for our family, and a bunch of us got together and told some stories, and it was fun. And, and a story I hadn't heard about my granddad before was that he was with uh, he's with my brothers in uh, he was with he was with my he was with his uh, my dad's brothers he was with his sons in, in Vegas. And they'd been out uh, carousing, and uh, my my granddad returned to his room. He's flossing his teeth, and I guess a crown got loose and oh, came no. out. Came yeah. out, went down the hotel sink. Oh um, no! And so he's frantic, and it's been a long night. And he picks up the hotel phone. He calls the front desk, and he and he says, "You know, my crown, my crown. I've lost my crown. I've <laughs> lost my crown." And the Guy at the front desk goes, "I'm sorry, Your Majesty. There's, there's nothing. There's nothing I can do to help you." Oh, that's great. That that is great. Don't make me laugh. I've still got a cough from when I wasn't feeling too well. Nothing. That thing is bad. But uh, yeah. All right. Here we are. Hour number two of the Monday Drive. Bill, Dan, Brian, Matthews, MalvernSports.com. Got Drew at the controls. Hour number two of the Drive. I believe it's still brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, unless something has changed while we were gone. Nobody told us. Well, that's good. I'll keep. I'll continue. The Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika, on the web at orthoclinic.com. Uh, we'd love for you to join in. You can call us on the drive hotline presented by Skybar, and that number 
is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors, and they also sponsor the podcast, available however you listen to podcasts. We don't talk that much NFL, but high drama this weekend in the NFL playoffs, and some of these numbers are, did you see the fact, I'm always interested in viewership for these sorts of things, the Saturday night game, the Packers-Niners game, was the most watched Saturday night broadcast of any kind since 1994. It's the most watched thing on television. The most wow. watched televised broadcast Saturday night. Sat on a Saturday night. Wow. Since 1994, the, the no, Olymp- I did the not Olymp- see that. The Olympics in '94 were the last time a game, any anything on television on Saturday night got. I think the average viewership was just under 40 million. Wow. For for Niners Packers, uh, I'm sure that. Last night's game, I haven't seen numbers yet for Bills Chiefs. I can't even imagine what that's going to look like on on CBS with it being a Sunday night and the Taylor Swift factor of her being there and the fact that the game came down to a field goal at the very end, although the Packers-Niners game also came down to a field goal at the the very end too. And uh, and, and you've got uh, uh, some some big matchups this weekend. Uh, The Lions, I mean, how do you not – if you don't have it, if you don't have a horse to root for in the NFL playoffs, how do you not? How do you not throw a bone to the Detroit Lions, right? Mm-hmm. A fan base that is, I mean, there there are. You, you saw tears in the stands in Detroit when that team won to go to the NFC Championship game. You saw tears in the stands in Buffalo after that field goal. I mean, if you you spent you spent that season and that time in that stadium in. Ten degree weather, yeah, and it's and it uh, ends of the yeah really tough, uh, really tough ending there. And uh, yeah, going to be two, going to be two really uh, big games. Lamar, I want to see Lamar Jackson win before. I don't want to say an injury is inevitable, but the way he plays, it just feels like you can't do that for a really long time, and the clock is ticking. So yeah, Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson, and then uh, Niners Lions is the game Saturday night in uh, in, in San Francisco. Yeah, you're right. Some uh, some some great football. We'd we'd love for you to join in, as we said here on the Monday Drive. And let's get to the Drive Hotline, presented by Skybar. Inspector is up first. Hey, Specter, I heard you weren't happy about something. Well, you you got sick on the trip, didn't you? Is that what you said? Uh, I was I was sick while I was while I was on vacation. That's that's not that's never fun. Yeah, well, feel my pain. I was sick Friday evening. I didn't have a drive to listen to. Yeah, I I I, I don't know I what to say drive. about that. I was I was somewhere in the Caribbean on the on 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 a ship that didn't I didn't have any access to be able to call in. So. I would have been I would have been on a bus headed to Lafayette, Louisiana at that point. So I wouldn't have been yeah. too helpful either. I keep telling you, Dan. You're getting closer and closer to being away from us. I mean, I look, I'm I'm happy where I am, Spectre. You know what I mean? But I am happy where I am, and I am loyal uh, until someone offers me a little <laughs> bit more money, and then I am uh, not as loyal as I used to be. That's what I said last time when he talks. Yeah, happy trails. Hey, I'm hey, I'm no I'm go I'm not going anywhere Spectre, right what, now. What do you I'm think? not in the portal yet, Spectre. No, no. Spectre, I would I'd love to get your thoughts on some of the things that went on last week. It was a it was a crazy week. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Hey, uh yeah, I was part of that Packer 49er uh, audience. And you know, that reminds me of some when Pat Dye was was first hired, some reporter had asked him 
how long would it take to beat Alabama? Right. That 60, 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly what happened to Green Bay. They had the game 59 minutes. And that last minute, Purdy did what he has been doing all year long. In and, a rainstorm on top of that. And that field goal, you know, the field goal from Carlson would have helped, but I still think all the momentum would have been going San Francisco's way, even if that game had gone into overtime, and that's not enough of an excuse. Sounds like the Packers are still, I mean, despite up and, an up-and-down year for, for Anders Carlson, former Auburn kicker now in, in the NFL, uh, you know, it's, uh, but, but I think they, yeah. they feel like that, that's somebody they can build around. It's not an easy place to kick, Green Bay, with the cold weather right. and the winds coming off that lake. Uh, but uh, and and let like me, you said, and like you said, Saturday night was pouring rain. Yeah, let, let me say this about Carlson. You know, I watched that last field goal attempt over and over. I replayed it, and if I was him, I'd be looking for that uh, place. Uh, what do you call the guy that holds the ball? The holder, yeah, mm-hmm. holder. I'd be looking for the guy that held for him at his career at Auburn, and because that guy, when he put the ball down, it tilted over to the left. Hmm. And when it tilted, Andres hit it, of course. I mean, you ain't got but a split second to put it down before he hits it. But when he put it down, I noticed the ball was tilted to the left, and, of course, the ball sailed right to the left. You don't you don't hear about, like, that on the toughest jobs in sports. No, you but don't. In a, but you know what? In, huh? in, a, in a clutch situation, in a gotta-have-it, close game in the fourth quarter situation, the idea of doing that in less-than-ideal conditions – Pouring you know rain or snow, catch, or, and I know, spin, and I know, place. As Don Draper once said on Mad Men, that's what the money's for. Like that's you know you're getting paid to do it. It still has to be just the the pressure's got to be crushing, right? You know, on the sidelines, you see the the kicker putting this ball down on this gizmo thing that holds the ball up, right? And kicking it into, kicking the, into net. the net. You know, I think I would have a guy getting the ball and placing it down versus the Whatever that thing is, tee, you, instead of kicking off the tee. Yeah, have the guy have have the guy there in front of the net. Yeah, and and, and at holder. Auburn, you know, as, uh, to answer your question about uh, Carlson's holder at Auburn, Auburn usually used the punter. I think during a lot of that, uh, d- during a lot of the tenure with with the you know guys who were used to catching the football at that kind of velocity anyway, because they were yeah, they were doing know. it to, uh, to 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 kick. Yeah, I don't know who it was that was held for him at Auburn. Do you? I'm pretty sure it was punter. I, yeah, I think it would. I think it would have been, would have been one of the Aussie punters. Uh, you know, whether it was um, uh, the Aaron, or, yeah, uh, or the Sipos, or the or the or the more recent one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, what else, Bill? You got, you got another question for me? No, no, not really. I mean, I'm still trying to get caught up from everything that I missed while I was gone. So uh, I appreciate hey, who, the help. Hey, Specter, real quick, real quick, who you got in Daytona? Well, you know. Uh, in Daytona, you told that's not the first race, you know that. Right? Oh, so, well, they got the thing right. They got the thing in. Uh, they're doing the they thing the in Los Coliseum. Angeles. Yeah, yeah, they got the Coliseum. Well, I'm going with Larson. Larson's always been my guy. He, he was my guy when he wasn't going with Hendricks. All and, right, hey, uh, put, hey, put me down. Put me down for Kislowski for now. But I can. But I really? can. I can. Uh, uh, are keep, you talking about for the championship? Or are you talking about for this? For Daytona. Race? For Daytona. Put me. Put me down for Brad. Oh, Daytona. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah, I'm going with Larson on that too. All right, all right, good, good stuff, good stuff, Spectre. Good hearing from you. See, see you guys. 1390. We need to get to our first a little, break. A little NASCAR. Yeah, folks. A little, yeah, why not? A little bit. All right, we'll get to that first break of the hour. Love for you to join in here on the Monday Drive. 
888-382-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Monday afternoon, about to be evening. Love for you to join in. You heard the numbers, 334-321-1390. Or you can text us on the drive, text box 334-564-1840. We've got Brian Matthews from auburnsports.com here with us in the studio. Who have we got, Drew? John. John is up next. We'll go ahead and get to the phones. Hey, John. Hey, guys. A uh, couple quick thoughts. I uh, was in town this past weekend, went to the men's game on Saturday, the women's game on Sunday. Congratulations to Coach Harris. That was a great win for for uh, the program, yeah. honoring Dewana Bonner. And I would encourage Auburn fans to get out and watch his team play. They're a lot of fun to watch. So um, just had that. But two, two quick thoughts or questions for you guys. Number one, um, am I wrong? Does Dylan Cardwell have a COVID year and could come back next year? Or am I way off base on that? Yeah, he does. No, you're right. Okay, he does. Yeah, okay. now he – he, you know, he'll have the he'll have the opportunity to uh, to make some money uh, somewhere. I mean, he'll have the opportunity. I would think if he stays here too. But but yes, what a what a, a difference he is from a year ago. Uh, that that whole you know that that whole and I hate to call him, um, you know the the second wave. I guess is what we've talked about with them. There's so much fun to watch. Such there's yeah. so much energy when. That entire group is in there with Dylan and Katie and Chad, yeah, CBM, and I'm telling Trey and, is and, also, and Cheney. I mean, they all, man. It's like, wow. Katie is also a senior who has a fifth COVID year available if he that wants to use That is correct. Yep. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Um, I, I understand exactly what you guys are saying. I'm like looking at my schedule, seeing how many games I can get to. This seems a lot of fun to watch. Just one other quick question. I'm not completely against DJ Durkin, but Given his past at Maryland, is there not some? Is it not reasonable to think Hugh Freeze should have some pretty difficult questions for him to make sure he's maybe the right fit at Auburn? That's the last thing I got. Appreciate it, guys. Well, I'm I'm sure that is exactly right. Not just and, and not just Hugh Freeze, but the thing to keep in mind is that was six years ago, I believe, and uh, you know he's he has been vetted uh, at and hired at other places, at two other SEC schools. Um, but I'm sure that that doesn't that doesn't suffice. That's no that's not a reason to yeah. not go ahead and ask very tough questions yeah. and make sure that if you are going to uh, go ahead with an offer that you know exactly uh, you know what you're getting. Those would probably be far more pressing if if we were talking about DJ Durkin's return to college football. Rather, guy like I would, or think, or but, return as a returning as a head coach. But I don't think I don't think Auburn's just going to take. You know, Auburn's not just going to say, "Well, Ole Miss and A and M said it was okay." No, no, I, so I agree. Say it's okay too. They're probably going to do their own due diligence as well. If if indeed uh, the 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 rumors that that he may be a candidate for defensive coordinator are true, uh, he apparently Brian has been offered the Missouri job a couple of times. They've yeah. come back at him a couple of times trying to get him. Eli Drinkwitz trying to get him at Missouri. And uh, there was there was a lot of, of rumbling before Nick Saban stepped down. I mean, there were there was a feeling by a lot of people that he was going to be Nick Saban's next defensive coordinator. Right, and nobody would have uh, said anything about that. Blink an eye. Nope, nope. Um, so we'll see. I, I think uh, Chris Kiffin's still a possibility. I think there are others that are possibility. I think Euphrates is going to talk to several folks uh, this week or has, and 
I, I do think this thing is coming to a conclusion, though, in the next couple of days or so. Well, I mean, and, and I was wrong a while ago. Ryan Williams not visiting this weekend. Yes. It will be next weekend. February 3rd. But that is yeah. the – and right now, I, I don't know of any other high schoolers that Auburn is really right. pursuing for this current class, and he's an offensive guy. I would say it's not critical. No, it's not. To have your defensive coordinator by today or by tomorrow or by the next couple of days, you want to have them before you get things going, you know, while while you're preparing and getting ready for the start of spring football. Sure. But that it's more important to get the right person. That's right. And um, I think it'll be concluded this week, but you never know. Sometimes things don't work out the way you think they will, but um, I don't see any reason why people should be upset that they don't have a defense coordinator right now. It's not no. a primary recruiter that goes it on the road like uh, most of the coaches are right now. Um, Although then, both Chris Kiffin and DJ Durkin have pretty darn good track yes. records as recruiters. Oh, Chris Kiffin especially is a great recruiter, and um, uh, Auburn might find a way to get him on the road in certain uh, circumstances. When, when DJ Durkin was at Florida, he was considered their best recruiter. Interesting. So either way, uh, Auburn looks – like it's going to add another really good recruiter to its, to its staff. Yeah. And now the thing about Kiffin, I wonder, you know, he's been out of the college game for a while. And one of the things that I remember reading um, Chris talking about uh, when he moved on to the NFL was that he didn't have to deal with that recruiting right. stuff that he was That's doing. A, and now it's even more, yeah. it's much more 24-7, 365 than it used to be. It really is. It's a lot tougher on college coaches, I think, um, if a coach has a choice between the NFL and college and the numbers are, are similar, um, I think most are taking the NFL right now just mm-hmm. because of the calendar and, uh, you know, the time off they're afforded in the NFL. You know, once the season ends, um, you know, their their job basically is done for the most part until, you know, uh, camp gets started again. I'm sure some of them are involved in scouting and, and those type of things, but, you know, they have a whole staff that does all that in the drafting and everything. Right. So. Yeah, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad John mentioned the uh, two big wins in the last couple of days for Coach Jay and the Auburn women's basketball team. They were already a bubble team after the LSU win, according to Charlie Cream, who does a pretty good job projecting the women's NCAA tournament for ESPN.com. I think after Alabama, he could move them even closer, if not move them into uh, the field. So this is a team in contention for an NCAA spot. On the on the women's side, and I uh, I would echo his call for for folks if you can get out there and uh, and to, to Neville Arena, South Carolina, number one team in the country is coming later in the season. But but all these SEC matchups are, are are good ones. Speaking of women's basketball, the Caitlin Clark thing yesterday. Yeah, I, I just do, I saw that last I saw that last night. I do wonder if it's going to put even more scrutiny on court storming and sort of raise the ante of. This is something that probably needs to be, uh, if if you can if you can be even more firm in your discouraging of fans storming the field and storming the court, you know I just I'm I'm sort of like, you know I'm I'm a, I'm Scrooge on this one like I want it I want it out before there's a tragedy like I want to be clear like yeah I think you should just be able to get there and harass the uh, the folks at the table don't go on the court it, so you can all you can all storm Dan. Oh yeah, just can't okay. storm the court. Oh, I thought I thought you were making a reference oh, no, to, the, no, to the. No, no, I thought that was a reference to the pit player no, no, getting no, no. on the table at Duke. 
and harassing the Cameron. I don't know if you even do. No, you I didn't. I didn't okay. see that. So, so Pitt Pitt beat Duke, and the Pitt player who had been a big part of the win got on the got on the scores table and was you know giving it to the Cameron crazies, and they were giving it back to him. And it you know it got it was reminiscent of who was that old Miss player Henderson. Yes. It was it was a little Marshall. bit little yeah. bit reminiscent of Henderson there, and and you think well that could cause an incident, but the Ohio State Caitlin Clark thing, I mean imagine if she suffers a career altering injury in that situation. She didn't. No. She didn't. But like if if that's if that's an instance where I just think, you know that this is this is something that look some traditions end right, and I do wonder if fans, you know, filing onto the field or onto the court after a big win, if the if the sort of security and safety issues are are just uh, you know that's going to make it something that that isn't really done. I mean, it's not done in the pros, right? We're seeing mm-hmm. college sports resemble the pros more and more in in different ways. Uh, you know, I do I do wonder if if fans pouring onto the field or or court is going to be something that's uh, from from you know quickly from a, uh, a bygone I would, era. I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised. Back to the uh, phone we go again to the uh, drive hotline sponsored by Skybar. And John, another John. Hey, man. Well, I always appreciate the sky bar paying for my calls. But uh, <laughs> I wanted a couple things. Bill, I went on that same cruise over 20 years ago with a bunch of your friends. Uh-huh. But I went on the Blues Cruise, and that was an incredible. Really, the only person I'd ever heard of was Bo Diddley before the show, and I found... Twenty-five artists. I thought better than Bo Diddley. Hey, I'm I'm telling you, there 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 are a few that I had never heard of. I mean, there are always going to be some I never heard of, but I I can't believe that they're not superstars now. Now this was this was Delbert's uh, cruise we went on. Okay, so, yeah. that would even be better. Yeah, that would be. Uh, of course, I've seen Delbert a few times. Oh yeah, up close and personal one time, but yeah, that, he always has a great band with him too. So. Um, but Jack and Don and the rest guys did a great job last week, and Jack has really improved. Uh, Dan, you need to watch yourself because he's really improved on that basketball uh, play-by-play. He's, he's talented, really there's no question. Job. Yeah, I'm they're, no, I'm, I'm, I'm the- spreading dirty rumors about Jack and the Troy people <laughs> to keep them uh, to keep you know keep them from considering uh, movement. No, uh, Jack, they're no, Jack, not on Jack, the Jack. air tonight. They're not on the air tonight up in Alex City, are they? No, they're not. Okay. Well, I don't know if the uh, the app will show it either because they're kind of sketchy up there. But Malcolm Simmons is playing for that right. Benjamin Russell team, and and he can sure leap. So, uh, but anyway, I just wanted to call and welcome you all back and tell you how much I'm enjoying the show. Good, good hearing from you, John. And one of the things I could do again, I told you I could. Uh, if you're, I, I mentioned you could you could Google and check headlines. I could see right. a a notification. Uh, from Facebook, so I, I'd see a few of your posts. So always good to see some of those while we were out at sea. Well, I didn't have any posts Saturday morning about Auburn High basketball because of the results Friday night. But uh, but they're doing great. They're twenty and four now, and they're three and one in the area type of Central. So uh, this next week will be real important. Yeah, no kidding. Good All hearing right, from you, man. Take care. Great, great stuff, and I'm glad, yeah, glad you mentioned it. Jack does do a, a great job with with those broadcasts, and uh, yeah, good hearing from you, John. 334-321-1390. We got time for another one? All right, let, let's get back. Who do we have? Brett. Brett is up next. Hey, Brett. Hey, Brett. Hey, guys. Welcome back, uh, Dan and Bill. Yeah, from, uh, from from completely different directions, but... Uh, we're meeting in the middle. Yeah. We're, we're meeting, meeting in the <laughs> middle right. between San Marcos... That's no, that's no country between, song. Between San Marcos and San Juan. 
There you go. Well, hey, I know uh, y'all probably heard a little bit about it, but uh, while y'all were gone, there's one group that all of a sudden just doesn't like this NIL deal. They, they loved it when they got a uh, all-SEC linebacker from Tennessee. They loved it when they got uh, Jermaine Burton. How about Jameer Gibbs? and Yeah, yeah. Jameer Gibbs, first-round draft. This portal thing's a great thing. Now, all of a sudden, it's brewing in the game. I mean, it's brewing in the game. Yeah. Um, You know, sometimes sometimes things come back at you. And I believe it's it's that time. It's hard, Brett. It's hard to find things. The NFL is your best example right now. Hard to find things that just keep growing and growing forever and never take a step back ever, right? You know, eventually, you yeah. know, eventually it's, you know, eventually everything ends. And, uh, and, well, and we're... Well, i tell you what, Dan, one of the funniest things that I've heard is uh, the quarterback that they've got from uh, Washington. Right. You know, he might turn out to be an excellent quarterback. I'm not saying he's not, but... The other day, they actually were saying, "Yeah, this this guy, he, he could actually be another Cam Newton." Brock, uh, Brock, Brock Heward, uh, a Washington guy who I guess is is a fan of the move by by K, or, or uh, a fan of Kalen DeBoer's, or was was a fan when he was yeah. in Washington. Uh, yeah, he he tweeted out something about the the guy having and someone you know I. Uh, I, I it's out, you know. It does feel like uh, whenever any quarterback is compared to Cam Newton, he turns out not being very good. Isn't that? Yeah, the, the, well, have you ever noticed that since twenty ten? Yeah, well, Dan, they were saying, yeah, he's even real big, like Cam Newton. Well, he's six six two twenty five. That's a long way from being Josh, Josh, Josh Allen is the closest thing to to someone who has worked out, despite Cam Newton comparisons, since twenty ten. Well, like, and, and his. <laughs> I mean that's no, but like really, it has. I mean, they're, everyone else like a, it's a kiss of death for everyone else. Yeah, yeah. KJ Jefferson was going to be the Cam Newton. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, hey, uh, once again, glad y'all are back, and uh, y'all have a great evening. Appreciate the call, Brett. We need to get to our bottom of the hour break. We're running a little behind, Susan. If you can, hang on. You'll be up first when we come back here on the Monday Drive. Part of the drive. Call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final 20 minutes here on this Monday edition of the drive. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews, MarburnSports.com, and let's get back to the drive hotline presented by Skybar. And Susan has been hanging on for a few minutes. Hey Susan. Hey, how are you? I just am kind of confused. So I just I've been traveling the last two weeks, and I'm finally listening. But why is Chris Kiffin even? I mean, he's been in the NFL for 19 years. He's Wayne's brother. Would you go coach with your dad or your brother? I don't know that. Well, I mean, you know, their dad first of all was a no. Uh, I know brilliant, Bonnie. Brilliant. I'm sorry. Yeah. I said, yeah, um, I'm sorry. Uh, well, Chris and Hugh Hugh Freeze had Chris on his staff when he was with him uh, at Ole Miss, okay. so they have a relationship that like goes back. Twenty years ago, I didn't think it was no. that long ago. Mm-hmm. I know he's been no, I was like uh, twenty sixteen. He, 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 he left. Well, yeah. Co- yeah. Coaching college in well, twenty seventeen. I was looking him up on the 
Houston thing, and they say he's been 19 years in the NFL. He has, but it's been around times in college because he was was there with Hugh Freeze at Ole Miss from 20-whatever to through the 70s. He's only been in the NFL for six years. This time. Okay. No, no, no. Is that period? No, he's been. Oh, okay. Between college. Yeah, between Chris Chris Kiffin, between between 2005 – and 2017 was a college coach. Yep. All right. So and that's then, 13 years in college, and then the last six years yeah. in, in, in. And then the when, yeah, and then when, yeah. The, oh, maybe they're putting it all together with the Houston. Yeah. So it's 19 years at. total of coaching, but yeah. the last six in in the yeah. NFL. Sorry, it's my mistake. Oh, no problem. I, I looked at him. Was like, wow. He's but, been but there but and, and he and he was a yep. dynamic recruiter uh, with with Hugh at Ole Miss. It, it would if. I think people are also thinking that Hugh Freeze is wanting to go back to folks that he's more familiar with and folks that he has more yeah. con- more confidence in because he's seen them do it in the past. I mean, if Auburn had uh, Knicks and Chris Kiffin, you would have two. I mean, would, would you have Hugh Freeze's coordinators? Nah, from, Derek, no, Derek was not his coordinator. Ken Austin was. Ken Austin was, bit, a, but, yeah, was a little uh, court. And then, but but Derek Derek was on the staff on yes. the offense. Yeah. And Chris Kiffin was. Uh, defensive okay, line coach. Two, two, two coaches that were there with him at Ole Miss would now be his, well, would now be his coordinators. Co- we'll give him his coaches, and we'll see how this goes. I just was like going, wow, his brother, his older brother is at Ole Miss. Why didn't he take him back? I mean, you kind of would think a family thing like. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> it's really tough to work for your brother, though. Um, well, I can imagine. <laughs> but anyway, I just thought that was just strange. And I hope he'll come. But, you know, I, I trust you. And we'll see in a year or two. If yeah, things absolutely. don't go good, remember what happens. That's right. Hit the road, Jack. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Susan. <laughs> and, so, and some uh, some friends and brothers don't want to add the stress of a professional relationship yeah, on Because top if things of it, don't you know, go well, yeah. then, then, you know, you've got to, if you're the boss, you've got to fire your brother. I mean, that was the I mean, talk that's, of, that's remember, remember with, um, with Kirby and Will Muschamp and and Mike Bobo, there was the talk that well, maybe maybe <laughs> Too they close. Would, yeah maybe they wouldn't want to work together at first because you know it would add the profet. Now now it seems like things are going pretty well and they want to you know they're, they're, they're couple of to, national titles they're yeah. able to make it work yeah or when, or when a or when a father has a son as offensive coordinator right. and and things aren't going well like so so it's uh I wouldn't just assume that if if Chris Kiffin wants to return to college it would naturally be. Uh, for his brother, Chris and Lane are. I mean, from what I remember of Chris, they're they're not ex- they're, they're not exactly the same. I mean, just you know, brothers aren't always just alike. And Chris has a, and Chris has an excellent relationship with Hugh Freeze from the yes, time of Ole Miss. Appreciate the call, Susan. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Slack is up next. Hey, Slack. What's going on, guys? How you doing, Slack? What's uh, Zach Arnett doing there? Is he coaching? Is he didn't want to pick him up yet? I don't believe he's, unless I mean I may have missed it while I was at sea last week, but I don't believe he's hooked on anywhere. Yeah, he's one of those that's uh, trying to figure out the best move uh, for him. Of course, um, I'm sure there's also some getting paid opportunities. Well yeah, being let go at Mississippi State. So yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it, guys. I mean, there are there are some there there's some pretty big names that are you know, weighing offers, I would say, right now. They don't have to jump at anything. They can wait and, and see what the best the best opportunity would be. And maybe Zach Garnett would want to take a year. You know, I don't know if the – like you were saying with uh, with DJ Durkin, I don't know if the financials of Mississippi State's termination agreement right. would make it advantageous for Zach Garnett to take a year off. 
Yeah, because if you can make right in, you know millions of dollars not doing anything, spend time with your family, maybe take maybe take some time off and uh, and just sort of recharge and decide what you want to do. So we'll um, see. I, I wouldn't be too shocked to see maybe Zach Arnett take a year and then and then get back into coaching if that's what he wants, especially especially if the Mississippi State money is going to be there no matter what he decides to do. Yeah, I just saw something that uh, that, that I I mentioned that when I saw something earlier about the situation with um, with DJ Durkin and, and and his contract with A and M, which uh, where, where he was um, uh, paid pretty well. Uh, believe he had a, he had a contract that that ran through the end of 2025, maybe maybe a little bit beyond then, but I believe he had a contract that went all the way through the end of next year. So he's probably pretty well set and can and can you know just wait and see. And I don't know if his termination when Jimbo was terminated and he wasn't retained by Mike Elko, I don't know if that would be decreased if he took another job. So that's something that uh, could be a factor. Coach, I've always liked, uh, just had a really solid season his first year at UNLV, Barry Odom. Former, uh, f- former Arkansas DC, former Missouri. Oh yeah, absolutely, head Missouri head coach. If you if you can start poaching group of five head coaches to be your defensive coordinator, Barry Odom's one of my first phone calls. But he only, I mean, he just left to be the head coach at UNLV. Just won right. nine, just won nine games. I suspect the calls Barry Odom is going to start getting will be from teams looking for a head coach. Yes, at the Power Five level, if he can keep winning uh, at the uh, at, at UNLV. Yeah, he was a young. Uh, head coach I, when when he when he got the job there at Missouri. I'm not sure Barry Odom is 50 years old. I think, oh, I'm I, sure I, he, I, I, I I feel sure that he is not. Yeah, I think I think he's. In, I think he's probably in his early 40s. He he, he turned 47 a couple okay. of months ago. Right, so, so he's a little older. So, than so, I so but he, but he's still yeah he's he's couple couple years under 50. So yeah, I think that's a guy with uh, with, with quite a few years left. And I you know UNLV can do their best to hold on to him. But if he keeps winning. Uh, mm-hmm. With his experience and uh, the amount of respect he has around major conference college football, I think teams should be looking for Barry Odom. All right, uh, very soon. Here we go. I'm just I'm thinking back over the last week and some of the headlines. One of the headlines I saw: Did Diego Pavia transfer to Bandy? Was that where Pavia ended up? I, I just saw a headline: Auburn killer transfers in league, and it's like I'm like who? Jer- now then, Jerry Kill got hired there. I think Pavia. So well, I I saw a headline. Yeah. He, he, He's going to Bandy. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Right. I was like Auburn Killer. That's a good pickup. Yeah, because I know because I know Jerry Kill got a like assistant to the head coach's job uh-huh. at Vanderbilt. I I knew I did not see. So, the so he's taking this. his quarterback with him. Well, he's he's going. To I just five. again the the little things you can glean just from headlines. And then I had to try to, to to Google it somewhere else and put it in a different way so I could see school and it just mentioned. Yeah. Pavia Vanderbilt. And Conf- I went, oh, Conf- wow. Okay. Conference USA Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Uh, th- nearly 3,000 yards passing, nearly 1,000 yards rushing, and uh, and he is taking his talents to Vanderbilt. Hmm. Uh, that's And Auburn plays him. That's right. Yeah, announced, announced, on the, yeah. Uh, announced on the 17th. And that was a couple. That was, uh, that was uh, earlier in the day. It was reported that Jerry Kill uh, was, uh, was now chief consultant to the head coach and offensive advisor at Vanderbilt. Uh, sort of an off-the-field role for former New Mexico State head coach Jerry Kill. And now Pavio uh, is, is going to go uh, transfer with his former head coach uh, and, and play at Vanderbilt. Hmm. Okay. I mean, that's just I, – I know I've missed on some other things. Well, did, you I, see, did you see the Georgia safety going to Ohio State? 
Uh, no, I didn't. Who's the who's, who's and Ohio the, State? The only thing the I saw was Ohio State is what's uh, reportedly the, spending thirteen million on. Uh, who's NIL? the Bama? I'm blanking on his name. Who's the Bama safety that everyone thought was going to go to Georgia? Uh, Caleb Downs. Yeah, he's oh going, yeah, he's, Caleb Downs. Caleb Downs going to Ohio, Ohio State. State's had a great. Okay, well, why'd you say Georgia safety? Because everyone thought Alabama safety. Yeah, because everyone thought he was going to Georgia. Okay, because I thought, oh, did Georgia lose a safety to Ohio State too? Caleb Downs is who I was talking about. Everybody thought he was going to Georgia. The Buckeyes have really stocked up for next year. Quick chunk, yes, big run. They they have really invested. Yes, they have. Invested heavily. They have for including, next year, including yes. Quinchon Judkins from yep. Ole Miss, who was headed to Ohio yep, State, that and, is right. uh, and the Kansas State quarterback yep. uh, Will, Will Howard, who yep. folks thought was one of the better quarterbacks in the portal. He is going to Ohio State as well, and they paid for some pretty good players to return from last year's team too. So they're going to be. They're probably good. they should be preseason number one. I think I with think. no Harbaugh too, and I know I keep saying that like it's a done deal, but I keep thinking Harbaugh's taking one of these NFL jobs. Uh, and if if that happens too, well, he's supposedly interviewing for the second time with the Chargers. Chargers apparently the leading candidate now. People thought he was going to go to the Raiders. They're holding on to uh, Antonio Pierce, interim coach, able to uh, to, to keep uh, able to uh, keep that job. Uh, but yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Ryan Day too. Did, didn't Julian Sayan transfer to, uh, to Ohio State as well? Alabama five star. Yes, and the center. The center's going. Uh, Sunny. Yes, and the center's going there too. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Uh, like I said, it's yeah. it 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 has been it has been crazy. Just when you thought, okay, well, it's about to settle down, we're going to start having spring classes. Everybody's done. They bring and, you back, in. and we'll know what yep. the rosters are for spring. Bam, you know, yep. that's when uh, Nick Saban announces he's retiring. Kalen DeBoer leaves Washington. Jim Harbaugh will he stay at Michigan? Probably not. Just think, the you know, if he takes if he takes the. Uh, Chargers job or whatever job here in the next few days. You got another thirty days for all the Michigan players to jump into the portal. Bill, do you know do you know who the leading candidate is for the Atlanta Falcons job? Uh, no, I have not seen lately. Bill Belichick oh, is oh, your wow. leading. Well, candidate. that doesn't surprise me. There was some talk Ar- about that before. I Arthur left. Arthur Blank is apparently yeah, looking no very shot. very seriously at Belichick to uh, uh, to maybe take over in Atlanta. Yeah, well, how about that? Huh? I, don't, I don't know that. I don't know that that's the uh, the long term. Yeah, uh, um, right as a Falcons, Falcons fan, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, really. All right, we'll get to our final break of the afternoon. Still time for you to join in as we wind it down here on the Monday Drive.